Beers and Banter, episode 46. We've got former Olympian kayaker and double ski legend David Rhodes in the house. Let's rip in. As always, we're really appreciative of the support from the guys at Gripstar Socks. Gripstar Any Slip Socks feature panels that create traction that improves speed, acceleration, and stability. Gripstar Socks are designed to deliver maximum comfort and flexibility, featuring a breathable mesh design that removes sweat and reduces odours. Perfect for high movement sports, working on your feet, or lounging safely at home. Seriously grippy. Rosie, welcome to the Sweaty Box. Maddie, thanks for having me. Mate, uh... You've actually got us on a good day. A bit of a storm brewing outside. It's a, it's a little bit cooler, cooler in here this afternoon. But uh, this could be the last pod for the year, so so it's a bit of a special one. So thanks for joining us. Pleasure. I, uh, good way to finish off the year. So what we'll do straight off the bat, I think you, you need a beer in front of you. I did. Uh, yeah, I did say I was uh, empty. So seeing as though you're a Byron Bay boy, I went for the something from your hometown, uh, the Hazy Lager from from Byron Bay Brewery. Mate, it's always good to uh, fly the uh, fly the local flag, so I'm into it. The first one was good. It was quick. Get that India. So, just off air, you'll give me a bit of a rundown. You're originally a Sydney boy, out on a farm somewhere. Yeah, western suburbs. It was a place called... Um, uh, I was born in Camden Hospital, which is, and then lived at a little place called Tarmore. Now it's it's considered the outskirts of Sydney. It's just normal. Um, Does that make you a Magpies fan, or what? what did, nah. What do you follow? No, nah, don't, don't Mel- follow the Mel- footy. Melbourne Storm, mate. Storm. They go. went around then, but um, uh, jumped on the Storm early on. That's all right. I like uh, it. Yeah, but anyway, I grew up in uh, Tarmore, but mum and dad. Dad worked pretty much seven days a week building uh, pools and tennis courts. And then they went for a holiday up to this little place called Byron Bay. And I was only year three, year four at the time. And they come home and break the news that we were out of here and going to go to this other place. And I was devastated. I think I cried. And then I uh, got to Byron. And my first memory was coming out to Clark's Beach Caravan Park, overlook, uh, looking out over the ocean, saw Julian Rocks, saw a whale go past. And it was like, yep, I'm good. How good's this? Yep. Welcome, welcome to the East Coast. That's not a bad change. Uh, and you've got, Byron Bay is, is almost dearer now than, than Sydney is. It's, uh, Byron, uh, it's, you would have seen it change a fair bit in the uh, last 10 to 20 years. Yeah, I don't like to look back very often and, and kick yourself, but I could kick mum and dad a few times because we bought a unit on uh, Lighthouse Road. We had a, a three-bedroom unit on the corner of where you turn right into Tallow Beach. Yeah. That was the first place we had. Then they had about 70-odd acres between Byron and Bangalore. Uh, 70 acres? 70 acres. It was a place called Cooper Shoot. Now, if you Google that now, it's the place to go because it was overlooking Lennox, overlooking Brokenhead. The cane fields, it's just one of those chapters in life that it just passes you by. It's like, what do we do? What do we get rid of that for? Wow. And so now I'm camped that's up, all, that's camped up the in the back of this caravan park at Mudrubar living on the Gold Coast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, you live in God's country, Burley Waters. That's it's a place to be, mate. Uh, Burley, I love it. I love it. We went from Miami just recently, or two years ago, to Burley. I thought, ah, oh, I'm not going to like this. And Burley's fantastic. It is a good place. So 
at what point, where do the where does the competitive kid kick in? That what are you up to when on uh, when you get to Byron Bay? Oh, it's uh, if I put a date on it, the one thing that is in my mind was I was watching the Olympics. Um, it must have been nineteen eighty eight is my first memory of it. Seoul but, was that Seoul? Olympics? Yeah, that was the Seoul Olympics. Can't remember much of it, but then there was this thing called the Commonwealth Games. Um, you know in between the Olympics and um, what really got me interested in sport was um, a, a, a lady by the name of Hayley Lewis. Yep. A swimmer. Yep. And, uh, you know, every young male at that age thought, you know, she's pretty um, easy on the eye. So that got my attention in sport. I was a crap swimmer. But I went, how good is this and how good are we going at Commonwealth Games because you just won everything and I had all these medals. And I was a little guy at that stage and I would just run mum and dad introduced me to running and we would um you know in the in the in the winter sort of just I would play soccer and, and run and that's all I sort of knew yeah summer I would do a little bit of cricket um but then it was always I wonder if I could go to the Commonwealth Games and then it turned into so this other thing called the Olympics and that was a step up from the Commonwealth Games the whole thing is could I be the best in the world and that's sort of just a question that always sat in the back of my mind is how cool would it be to win your event on that one given day in sport every four years? Um, and that was, that, was, that was a seed that was planted. So I don't know, of an age, I would say oh, probably an early teenager. Yeah. So you're, you're running, playing a bit of cricket. You you obviously you end up at the Olympics as a kayak. How did yeah, how does yeah. that happen? So uh, through school, I it was middle distance. Went through uh, cross country every year. Got uh, did more and more training. So not you know was wasn't I wasn't regimented uh, as an athlete of you must do this thing. I'd just I'd I'd run. I'd play cricket. I'd um, play soccer. And then got introduced introduced a surf club and do a little bit of that. But as I got older, so probably about a year nine. I started to go, well, if I want to do well in this sport, which is middle distance running, so 1,500 metres, uh, 3K steeplechase, it's like 100 metre hurdles, but the hurdles don't move, they're solid. Um, and then, you know, uh, cross country, you've got to start doing the doing the hours and the kilometres on, on the on the track or, or, or around a cross country course. So we had, that was when we were living in Cooper Chute, we had 72 acres. I'd get the mower and I'd just push it around mm. 72 acres just a single track and I'd make my own course and then, yeah, right. I, and then I'd time trial myself um, around it because so I'd go up and down undulation um, through the creek so I'd you know get used to running through water mud so my weekends where I'd cut the grass I'd mow my track and then I'd run it and that was my home track and then I'd run to school and from school uh, every second day and I'd Got three sisters, so I'd give my school bag to them, and I'd race the bus to school. And I'd race the bus home from school. Yeah, it was good at school because this I'd, sounds like the start of a like a movie. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and then you know I got along with the teachers, or the, the PE teachers I got along with. So then I'd get sort of out of class at lunchtime, and I'd go running at, at lunchtime, and sort of you know it was not a bad place to grow up at Byron Bay High because we were on the beach. And Is that so, like a common story when you get get to the Olympics? Like the people there. Have they all had that sort of isolated, just dedicated to their sport moment? Like, 
you're describing like something that could could be the start of like a, an Australian sporting movie where yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah, young fella in the country just you know plugging away doing doing his sport you know on his own homemade sort of track and well it's sort a, of like reminds me is it is it enemies from Rockhampton that was sort of yeah you know, I I riding saw the, she did the um uh, it was an episode with her with Ando. I can't remember what they call it, but I, it was it was one of the most intriguing episodes I've seen. Um, but she's got a better story, mate, because she won. <laughs> that's all right. Don't, story. That's, look, don't worry um, about that. But, but it's, it's sort of like the old Nutrigrain ad. Do you remember the Nutrigrain ad that was like a it was like a paddleboard, but he had wheels on it because he was from the country. And he's, yeah, do you remember that? It was probably I don't know, ten years ago no, or something. No. Or the Country Boys, or the couldn't get a gold movie where the where the boys are chopping down the you know on the banana farm and they're you know training the next minute. Oh, this was early, good that was, and that was early for me because I wasn't crossed over in surf, but I know of it. Yeah, and I remember the movie, but um, that's it's just what you're reminding yeah. me of. You know, country boy. Well, it was setting your own track. If you go through our year at so Byron, so Byron was you know it was an early school. It was a brand new school, and I got in at um, I think we started at ninety. 87 I started high school I finished in 93 but it was only two years I think two or three years old when I started so it was only that was the first year 12 because they started from year 7 to year 10 yep and then every year after obviously went to year 11 and year 12 because my sister my older sister she was the first in year 10 and finished off in year 12 but our our school year in year 10 we would have had so if you look at uh, I suppose people that were successful outside of school and specifically that ones I know that in the sporting environment, we had a couple of NRL players who played first grade, uh, Danny Wills, um, surfer. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, I don't know, this conversation goes either way, but uh, another, another guy called Nathan Bagley, who was very successful early on. And then, you know, um, through one or two other choices in life, um, you know, didn't go, didn't go so well for him, but at school and out of school early on, uh, really successful. We might come back to that. Yeah. Um, another basketballer played um, um, top grade in, in basketball as well. Um, so there was this, the, and and we didn't have a huge school, not a lot of not a lot of kids, but the the top level uh, across all different sports was was pretty impressive. Is that because it's almost the Gold Coast, Byron Bay, and the the Gold Coast is the sporting capital of Australia. So, is that? Do you reckon that was a bit of a, bit of a? It's, I, a, it's, a, it's a good region. It, it does breed sports stars. It's a great place to train and live. And you got all you know any sport you want to play, you could play it. Yeah, in well, this area. I, I, on the coast, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a Mexican because I come across the border as well. But I think in um, and I I found this recently a few years ago. I was travelling. I met another family. We were talking about the Gold Coast. Uh, we are talking about country towns. And something that resonated with me was kids these days don't get the opportunity to be okay with being bored. Yeah. And by that, I mean, you you look at, uh, I'll use league NRL as a, a, a typical example, or AFL. Young kids in country towns, that that's the only thing they've got. And they've got to excel in that to get out of there or you know, be their dream. And that's all they do. And that's, that's for them, that's, you know, that might be being bored, but they they become bloody good at it. And on the coast, we've got so many options. Like you could, you could swim, you could run, you could be a triathlete, you could be a kayaker. 
Um, you could be a BMX rider. You could be a uh, cyclist. Know, cyclist. Uh, Motor racing. Take your pick. Um, that's just off, off off the cuff on this conversation. And it was, well, if you get bored with that, what's next? You just go and do something else. And we never, or, or if we don't get to, we don't made to focus on it, we say, oh, we'll just try something else. And I don't know whether it's right or wrong because I've got three young kids and that would be the journey I find out you know, probably the next five to ten years. Yeah, I bought a violin at the start of this year. It got plucked twice, and now it's mate, now I, it's. Uh, I got a trombone. <laughs> I, I got a trombone at home. It's like, mate, what are you doing that? Oh, I want to join band. <laughs> well, you got to play it. Should have started with a harmonica. That would have been you know, nice and little, small, bloody, bloody violin. Anyway, becoming becoming okay with being bored, I I reckon, is a really good grounding for learning that. Nothing comes easy. Yes. And, if, and if you want to yep. be good at something, you've got you've got a repetition is the mother of skill. So you're running backwards and forwards to school, but at some point you, the, the surf club calls. Well, yeah, so I, I was uh, running. I got better and better and better and got um, to year 12. Uh, went to all sc- national law schools. Um, best result. But I just missed on our world juniors qualification. So I... I think I got second in the steeplechase, uh, third in the 1500, but I just missed qualifying time. And being a precious athlete, I got the shits and sulked. Yep. And thought that was the end. No, I just thought that was the end. I missed my opportunity because that was World Juniors. And um, I thought if I couldn't progress into World Juniors, I'm not going to be able to make the Olympics. So that was in year 12. So that was 93. Um, put a timeline on it two years earlier, I think. I'd sort of been introduced to surf club. And, in, you know, through summer, I'd, you know, play cricket. But I said to you earlier, I worked out in surf club that there's um, there's females in bikinis and that's a hell of a lot more attractive than sitting on the cricket field for two days on Saturday, Sunday and chasing the ball around. And I love cricket, but I thought I want to be an Ironman. I want yep. to be an Uncle Toby's Ironman. I want to be Trevor Handy. I, love, I can't swim. I swim like a brick. <laughs> Throw a brick in the water, that's me. But then... Um, I thought, well, in the surf club, I knew there was a guy called Clint Robinson who'd won um, the uh, Barcelona Olympics in 92. And his surf background was surf club. Um, wonder if I could do that. So my running sort of ambition had sort of diminished, but I always had in the back of my head, I'd just love to work out if I could be the best in the world and started to paddle um, surf club. I worked out I couldn't swim very well and I couldn't paddle a board very well. And then it was like, man, if you can't paddle, <laughs> if you can't do that, you've got one left, one shot left, that's paddling a ski. What about a beat? You could have been a beach sprinter. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> I tried flags. I said, no, it's not for me. It wasn't, wasn't quick enough. I, I could go over time, but I couldn't go from point A to point B very fast. Yep, fair enough. So um, got introduced and, and met some friends for life. Um, and, and, you know, we were talking before, you know, I, I referred to them as my brothers because I'd got three sisters, but, um, the boys I'd met at, at the surf club, um, we're still best mates today and they got me into paddling and they were, they were, they were good at it. I was just, I was mediocre at, at best being kind, but they'd just be patient. They'd take me out, um, get out, get out, paddle a surf club. You meant to go, um, rocks. Julian Rocks to the Cape or Julian Rocks to the Pass and back. I, I couldn't get out, you know, 10 metres without falling off my ski. So I'd sort of make my own way with the with the other crew, the beginner's crew, um, but got better and better or just just 
didn't fall off as much. And then um, just sort of said, I could do this. And then 96 come around and we were sitting at the beach hotel having a beer uh, and watched uh, Robbo paddle uh, in, the, in the final of the K1000. And he was defending champion. Uh, he got third. I thought, wow, you got first, you got third. I, I, I can do this. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. Put me in for, put me in for Sydney. Um, and then sort of decided, decided that um, in 98, talk about being naive, um, tossed him a job, had a full-time job, went, oh, I'm going to do this. And everyone's going, you, you, you're, you're a Muppet. You can't even paddle. <laughs> You're going to give up a full-time job to go chase this um, Olympic dream? There's there's some mentality there that I want to try and unlock, and that it's got to be in all of, all people that have competed at that very highest level. And the Olympics is at that very highest level. There's, I know that over a hundred years, there's there's been a lot of people go, but when you look at out of how many people are on the planet, it's it's a very small percentage of people. Have ever I don't been even know. Olympics. I don't know what the percentage is, but I. Know I I don't know how many people are around. A billion? It was seven billion. Okay. On the planet. Seven. And, and growing. And what, what, a thousand of them? hundred, you know. Ten, I don't know. Ten thousand? You know what, I got, an, I, got an, I got a pin at home that says what number I was when I went. Yep. I didn't know I had this. My kids found it the other day, or a couple of months ago, we were cleaning stuff out. I said, what's this? I went, oh, uh, oh yep, yeah, I know what that is. That's my um, number from the games. But yeah, I don't know what the numbers are. So, so there's something in your mentality that goes, I could do that. Well, and I, there's something in my mentality that go, how good would it be to do that? But I'd never do that. Well, this is we. I've, I mean, we always chat and I catch up with mates from early on. So, what made you do that? And I don't know what it was. It was, I just wanted to know how good I could be. Um, and now looking back at it, I'm fine with it. Like mm. I was, I was gutted. It was the, you know, being an athlete it was the worst thing in the world. Come fourth at the games, I'd failed. Like that, they, they talk about um, going and enjoying a smell of roses along the way. It was win or nothing, and that was our that, and, our, and we knew we were good enough. But you don't really appreciate the process along the way. I, I, I that's the brutalness it. of the Olympics, though, isn't it? Like particularly as an Australian athlete, there's so much expectation, particularly around the era. So we came out of Sydney and won oh. swagger medals. And then you go to Athens and uh, Beijing and London and the pressure on the athletes that went to London, I thought was, was you could see it. They were just absolutely breaking down when they didn't get the gold medal. Like they'd get a silver medal and it was the end of the world. And I was like, are you, are you kidding? You, you've just reached the pinnacle and, and missed it by a touch. Like yeah, you, yeah. you know, you got out touched on the wall, but it's... I guess that's probably what we love as well about the Olympics is that, it's, is that it's, once every four years it's 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 on one given day you get one shot and and so I'll, I'll put this in context for you you just you 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 don't make a living out of it but you just do it because you want to find out how good you can be and it's really selfish yeah and it was just this thing I don't know I don't I, I I think dad once said to me, and I was early on, he said, mate, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse. And that, I, I that's wrote That's a cracking that. quote. That, that went up on my bedroom wall from I, from the, as early as I can remember, but I know I was in high school. So yep. from year seven. And it stayed with me. And I was just having a conversation with my little sister um, probably two weeks ago, and she said, you know what, you've always just, whatever you've done, you tried your best. And I just, and she said, you always had this thing on your wall. And I repeat it. She goes, that was the one. And that's where I thought, well, 
and everyone's got everyone's got it. Everyone's got their own story. But that was what built me in it. Well, can I can I give it a go? And if I give it my best shot, and I'm not good enough, well, I I've got to be okay with that. Do you appreciate now how special it was to be? Oh, now that I do. Close. And and my three kids remind me of that every single day. And everyone's got kids, right? So that's their everyone's everyone else's journey when they get home and whatever day the work was doesn't really matter because you've got three kids that say, hi, Dad, how was your day? And then they'll, don't ever worry about your day. It's like, this is what happened to me. 100%. But now, and I didn't talk about I didn't watch the race for, I don't know, six years, maybe once in six years. So did, did you take in the fact that you were at the, you were in Athens? The, like, that was a really special Olympics at no, the time because it was the home of the Olympic Games. Like. I, I paddled, so I paddled a, a team boat event uh, and I paddled the K2000 and I paddled with a guy, Dan Collins. Yep. That was his fourth Olympics. So um, when I talk about pressure, he'd been to three more before me and Sydney he got second and he thought that was failure. But he'd won a world championship. He'd got um, bronze in Atlanta, second in Sydney. Um, he was one of my mentors when I'd f- made my first team. And then we start up, build up a bit of a relationship um, ended up teaming up in the boat and he said, I want to come back and have a crack at um, at Athens. He was the size of a house when he decided to do that. I think it was about 125 kilos. Let's hope for me yet. And then um, just started, you know, churning the weight down and said, and so we paddled a K4 together. We got the K4 and paddled that. Um, that went pretty well. But we ended up in the K2 together. But Now, you know, at that level, is that something that, like you talk about the surf club that like bags went, I'm going to paddle with Rosie. But when you get to the Olympic level, do you get to go, oh, we're going to go in the boat together? Or is it just you're all paddling at the AIS and they go, you two blokes are in the in, in well, together? I think it was uh, it was late 2002. So I've been two world championships. Um, he had spent two years out of it and 120 odd, let's, let's be kind and say 125 plus. Um, so he was keeping on the quiet. He'd been sort of mentoring me and I think it was just well they're the two discards oh right because um, I, I, I was getting I was getting better but his his pedigree spoke for itself and but he saw something in me that I, he could teach me I was I was teachable and I yep. want to learn um so we just got in and the k4 worked and then when the k4 wasn't working and, the, and we were sorry when the k4 was working we paddled in the pairs the K2 would work quite well. Then for one long different story, um, the K4 shit itself. And we just couldn't get it to work. and But our K2 was going really, really well. So we just said, let's just keep paddling that. Um, and you've got to, to make the... So uh, is that saying the other two blokes in the K4 were no good or nah, just didn't that, gel with we you? Just, for some reason, we'd gone from being on the pace to the boat just not working. Um, and we just, it was like... This is not rocket science, boys. Just work your stuff out and make the boat. They talk about something about making the boat run. Making the boat run is getting something for nothing and it's effortless. Yeah. And we've gone from um, making it look effortless and being effortless, like working really, really hard, but we're going fast. Like we were, we were doing times in training that if we'd just rocked up and, and raced, that was podium and didn't take it for granted, but we knew we were on the pace. Something just happened that just went out the door. And yeah, so right. we're we're trying harder than that and just going like four or five seconds slower and, and killing ourselves. And it was like talk about imploding. And how do you unpack that and go, Well, oh shit, um, this is not great. Because we had to qualify the year before the Olympics, you gotta qualify at world championships. 
we've gone from top six, we, we got an automatic qualification to B final. That's like 10th. Yep. And then we finished, I think we finished 12th. It's like we didn't qualify. You've got to come back the next year and then cup top three. And if you don't get top three, you're out. And that in the K4, that's just, we just, we were pushing a barrow um, of mud uphill and it just, it just didn't work. Uh, and the K2 was working quite well. So we just stuck to that and, and just thought, let's, let's give it a go. And then um, got the opportunity to, we had to go to Poland in, um, let's call it May. So the games are on in August. And in May, we still hadn't qualified. So we still didn't know if we were going or not. So we got to be on a game. But in between there, we, we, our training was getting better. And so my, I, I had to learn on the run with Dan because he's been there, done it. And I was like, yeah, I'm still learning. My curve's still going up. Yeah. Um, and then our, our, our I suppose, our um, the turning point was in Poland. Um, if we didn't come top three, we weren't going to the games. So we made the final. It was about eight degrees and um, that's probably the most I've shit myself in a race because it was like, we're going, if we don't get this right, we're going home. That's pressure. Yeah, pressure. Um, and we knew the process. And is this sort of funded up until this point or are you having to get sponsors? Yeah, or funded is fantastic. I got, I'm, I'm the best juggler at credit cards. Like <laughs> if you're in debt, you can get more debt. This is like, I'll apply for that credit card, get that credit card. So it's not like the AIS is... Oh, no, they, they put in, but you're still... You're still I mean, trying to live. But you just, you just, you work it out. I had some really good people that helped me out. I didn't, um, I wasn't making a living. I was still in debt. Like I think I finished with about 20 or 30 grand credit card debt. Um, but that was all right because I'm a shot at the game. So that can wait until I get back yeah. and that'll be all right. So we raced in, um, we raced the final and at the 500 meter mark, it wasn't, it, the, the, the race plan wasn't going to race plan. We were about fifth and we're coming through with all the other crews that haven't qualified either. So everyone's as hungry as We're you. on. And um, we're coming through the 500 meter mark and I'm thinking, uh, we're not on. We're in trouble. And and um, Dan just sat up in the front of the boat and went, no, nah, we're not done. And that was when I started to learn that you got to, you got to sometimes... Are you talking to each other? No. no. You're just all on feel. Yeah. And you just move a little bit and you just pulled the boat forward and went, no, nah, we're, we're not done. And we just, then this, the, you know, he's got the momentum. I'll go with him. I'll go with him. I'll go with him. We started chugging through the field. We're going from fifth to fourth. Um Move through. I don't know if we got to second or not, but we got we got third, and we qualified. And then um, from there, we went to Rachitse, and uh, Rachitse is in Czech Republic. Got third in the K two five hundred. Got third in the K two thousand, and just started to get our, our race pattern together. Started to believe that we can move this boat together. Went to Germ uh, went to Germany, raced Duisburg, another World Cup. Same field as the games. We're just seven weeks early. Yeah. Um, we won it. Um, run it at a pretty good time. I think at the time, it was the third fastest time in history that had ever been won in that event. Wow. I thought we are on. That was on a big training load. Um, and we've flown back to Australia um, that Sunday night. So we finished racing on the Saturday, um, did the 500 on the Sunday, got third. We are on. Go back to Australia, finish the preparation, fly into Athens. Um, so we went home, really, really good training block, block, random afternoon. I don't know how you got this guy out of me in this conversation. 
but I was going to training and I lived just around the corner, riding down the AIS. Yes. And yep. I'm, I've got a, I've got a, um, a bar in my hand, having a, um, um, just a protein bar. Being a dickhead, no hands on the handlebar, gone straight over the, over, over the handlebar of, of the bike. And ha- how many weeks out to the games? Um, about four. <laughs> so, what, so, folks, for, for those that don't know the Gold Coast, that's literally probably about a kilometre from the from from the, the sweaty boxes, the AIS. I was, coming, I was coming down the back into the soccer field, so that little um, down off um, Bardnev. Yeah, just past the golf just course down there, there somewhere. Yep, yep. Anyway, I wasn't paying attention, and you think you you know that close, you just watch what you're doing. Come out, just gone over the handlebars. Uh, wheels went out from underneath me. Um, I've come off, um, got skin off me everywhere, got blood coming um, off my head, got it off my hands, got it off my shoulders. Walked into the gym, and I'm now we don't we're never late for training, and I think we might have missed you know in in two years before that I might have missed less than five sessions. I'm late, and Dan's gone. You're late. I said I know. Oh, you're all right. Yeah, I'm good. And then he's looked at me. And anyway, straight to the gym. I couldn't pick up the weights. Um, tried to. I, I bluffed my way through. I got in the water. Um, I, I couldn't hold the paddle properly. He's just gone. You, you know, said a couple of choice words. I left. Rang. Um, rang the physio. He was up here. Gone over to him. He's just gone, mate. Got to get an X-ray. I said it's pointless getting an X-ray because if it's broken, it doesn't matter. So all we did, we just. Um, and it was painful, and I'd gone home and then walked in the door, and I was. In my so right. the skin off was the least of your problems, by the sound. Oh no, it. my wrist, I, 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 right through here was just, I, pretty much. Is this an exclusive you're giving us here, Rosie? Uh, does anyone know this? Oh, anyway, I just let's talk about pain, right? Yeah. And everyone's got. If you want to do something, you will. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. I don't. Well, so um, Kasha knows about it. Dan knows about it. Whoever's listening to this would might might find out about it. But anyway. She's, I walked in and I've gone, oh, I'm white. It's about three hours later. I'm the late, late for training, late for dinner. And um, anyway, for the next week and a half before we flew out, um, just literally taped it, like plastered it. And then when we, um, when we raced, I just took it off. So you couldn't, couldn't tell. Didn't, didn't cha- you know what? Didn't change anything. We, we, we nailed it. We had our best race. Just weren't good enough. And then... Um, I was filthy on the world for a couple of years afterwards. But I, mad, I imagine that's pretty it, yeah. hard to come out. Um, you didn't go, you didn't look to go to Beijing or you'd, you'd missed your window or you'd felt no, you'd no, missed no, your window? No, 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 absolutely. So we, we uh, I mean, we come out of um, Athens and we, we knew our race plan and we knew we were on. Uh, but we also knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, we, we, so when you said it was a good, exp- was a good experience earlier, because I'd been with Dan and it was his fourth games, we didn't go into the opening ceremony. We just stayed out in um, uh, this little place, I think, called Yanitsa. I think it was like a couple of hours plane ride. I was good with that because I didn't want to get distracted. I just wanted to stay in my little bubble. Yeah. We watched the swimming because the swimming was on the first week. You know, um, it was just like we'll turn on and watch it, but we weren't living and breathing it. It was just like we were in training and that's where we were. And then a couple of days beforehand when the rowing finished, we flew in like rock stars because where you were the um the police would just take you into the restaurants they'd do bomb checks they then when we were flying to the airport we had like a motorcade wow um rocked up at the games and my first experience was us rocking in we were only 
two days out from racing and they just go through you get all your uniforms um and then um out to our little sub site get on the course for the first time i think um two days before you raced um but we you know got used to it there was just like another course so we're okay but you missed a bit of the so you were in the main athletes village or you're in a different spot or no we uh we were out in the little sub area and i wouldn't change i was i was okay with that yeah some people go oh you missed the olympic thing it's a little my whole thing was I've got a race to do and I'll enjoy that afterwards. Yeah. If that's okay. Um, but because everyone does it, everyone's got their own preparation. For sure. And then, um, so we didn't, we just stayed out. Um, so when we finished, we finished on the Friday, the Olympics finished on Sunday. So we had Friday night, Saturday night. No sleep. More. On on yeah. Friday night was a long afternoon. We sat there and drowned our sorrows. Um, and then Sunday, Saturday night, caught up with some other mates from different countries, had a ball. Yeah. Um, and then flew home, I think, late Sunday night or early Monday morning. And that was just back into um, back into work. I'll go get a job because I didn't have one. And, um, and 30 grand worth of credit card. Yeah, yeah. But out. you know what? When you had, Did you have a family at that point or not? You... No, no. So I was dating Kasha. So yep. she and I hooked up in 2001. So um, almost 20 years. Yeah. Well done. And no family. Um, Zeke was born in 2009 and then Millie and Hallie. Um, so it was just sort of just hanging, like just dating. Yeah. But I knew I really liked her. So she came to Athens and um, we just hung out after the after the race as well. Um, and then come, she went home. I got I met her at home. Um, everyone was like, what, is, what was it like? And I didn't, I was, I was shattered. It's like yeah, it was. I try and say the right thing, yeah. Um, and just underneath, be like this is. But that that underneath thing is why you were there in the first place. Yeah, because the, the people that go, oh yeah, it was really good. We got to you know, go to the opening ceremony. And mm. That's I me. That's I, me. I'm thinking about the opening ceremony, closing yeah. ceremony, the party. What was what was that underlying burning thing? Is why you were there in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I, I just wanted to know if um, on and, and the answer was no, it wasn't. But could I? Because yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, in in kayaking, uh, and I know I'm biased to that, but you've only got, uh, back then it was K1 for the men, K2500, um, K1000, K1500, K2000, K2500, K4, 1000, five events. That was it. One boat per event. Now in other sports, you got two or three. You only get to, um, and you only get to qualify if you're, in the, you're best in the country. But then you got to also get that right, and then you got to pre-qualify against the rest of the world, and then do that once every four years. And on your given day, you're as good as those boats. Well, that's, and then it was like, well, someone said, go back to putting that into context. The, the race went for 189 seconds. That's the, that was our benchmark, a minute, three minutes and nine seconds. So my bet was. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna put on pause life for six years for a shot at 189 seconds. It's brutal. Because people, and that's when I talk to the kids now. It's like if you really want something, you you, you got to give it a crack. And not just our kids, but you know, um, in the surf club now, yeah. uh, or hard work, or even at work with with other people we work with. Like stuff does not come easy. You'd be a hard man to work with. I, uh, if you ask my boss, I am. Um, I don't think I am. I just ask to give it your best shot, and. Um, we had I had that conversation with a guy recently, and he he didn't have very good results. And I just said, "Oh, just set me through that. Like you're one of the 
best we've got. And you're telling me you didn't get any results. And you've got all these customers who meant to love you. I said, did you, give it, uh, did you talk to everyone? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, are you, like, did you sure you talked to them all? He goes, yep, yep. And so they all said no. He goes, yeah. I said, did you give it, was that your best shot? Or was that just like, did you just roll over for a belly rub? And that's what I, <laughs> and I, I, I was talking to my boss about this. He owns the business and he goes, oh, that's a bit brutal. I said, not really. Like if, if you asked me that question, did I give him a best shot? And it wasn't a yes, he'd be pretty shitty, wouldn't you? And um, anyway, so am I hard to work with? I just expect if you're going to do something and it's got your name on it, give it your best shot. And if it's not good enough, that, but it's your best shot, that's I had, okay. I had, that young, I had that conversation with my young bloke on the weekend because he was pretty pretty busted after a – pretty upset after a race. And I said, was that your best? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, yeah. that's, that's all we're here for is your best effort. And you were saying that, you know, it, it's – and it, we're hard. Aussie, Aussies are hard. Like, we love the underdog. But when you go to the games, if you don't win, it's like you, you've, you've failed. And well, then, and, but it's, it's not failure. It's like it's really hard. You look at it right now, probably one of the biggest news stories, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just going to compare the news surrounding the ball tampering in South Africa Versus the news that that Australians are going to ex- get exposed to this week about potential um, uh, soldier activity in Afghanistan, and the outrage at the ball tampering way outweighs oh, yeah. the other. Put in perspective, like put and, in perspective. And let's be real: is one we're talking about very serious things, and another one's rubbing some sandpaper on a cricket ball. Yeah. Like, Sister game. But Aussies are weird. Like, we, we, we do we, love the underdog until you lose and then it's like, where were you? Yeah, we love the underdog and we also love to, um, what's it, tall poppy syndrome? Yeah. Cut them off at the knees. As soon as you um, lose lose the mob, I think this was in uh, Gladiator. Yeah. You've got to win the mob. You win the mob, you're okay. You put the mob offside and um, I think maybe the Aussie team at that stage had lost the support. Of, um, the boss, the mob. Anyway, they got a lot of uh, exposure for it was just it's just a game, but they didn't play. I suppose well, they wasn't perceived to be played in the right spirit. Yeah. Before we get too far from the Olympics, yeah. Before we get too far away, you're still involved um, with the kayaking team. Yep on the on the selection panel. Yep. So we talk about devastation. You talk about that 189 second window. The twenty, the athletes this year didn't even get it. No, that's uh, that was really, really. Um, I mean, COVID, um, where was that wasn't written into anyone's playbook. Um, so, we had the select final selection trials in March. So we did it February March. Team got announced just before COVID came in, like just before lockdown. Well, February March, I remember going to like industry type meetings. I mean, we're yeah. in construction. And they're talking about this virus in China, and it's going to f- affect production. And we, we, we cross over the same. Yeah, sectors. so some of the jobs could be affected by supply. And it's like, oh, geez, what's this going to do? And about a month later, it was just like, oh no, this is this is not just this thing over there in China. This, this is, is real. This is everywhere. And yeah, next minute, talking about the Olympics. It's mm. like, no, the Olympics are in. What were they supposed to be? August, September. August. They're not going. They're not going. Like the Olympics. That was months away. It's like, why are they pulling the pin so early? And then you realise. What we're now in November and potentially in a worse spot than when 
when everything started to get cancelled. Well, no, if you look at it, uh, I mean, if you, it depends what you read and where you read it. Um, but what you're, if you're, if, depending on where you're getting it from overseas, they're in a worse shape now than what they were um, four months ago. Definitely the UK and the yeah. US are. Yeah. So, um, India doesn't get any better. So, so talk to me about, so where are the athletes at now? Are they, right. So, so from what I think, or what, I, what, I've, what I've got at the moment is it's on. Um, but it won't be the games as we know it. So the greatest show on earth is you, you go to the games, it's absolutely. You go to the games and you've got, um, you know, 10,000 athletes there. You've got this village, you've got the food hall, you've got um, the, the best of the best across every single sport. And you've got the spectators and you've got the entourage. Uh, and it's every, all those aspects make up what, I, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's the, the greatest spectacle every four years. Um, they're still going to have it from where, what the communication is now, but it just won't be like that as, as, as we know it. So um, There I won't th- be 10,000 athletes in a village. No, so I, th- I think they'll, you'll, you'll go into your hub like they have done in footy yep. um, or when they've done, um, I suppose, the, the Formula One or the, um, the US Open, I think was one, a really good test case. Um, can we operate a big sporting event and make it business as usual just without spectators? So if you go to your individual world championships every year, the show isn't as big, like the, but everything else, that goes, everything else that goes around it isn't as big, but the performance is still the same. And when we train day in, day out, we haven't got an audience there either. And if you paddle a kayak in Australia and you go to the national championships or the Olympic selections, guess what? You're generally in Sydney. You've still got nine lanes. It's a thousand meters, but there's no one there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think for the Aussie athletes it'll be any different. Um, what it would be different for them though is they won't be. In, I don't think they'll be in a village. They'll fly in uh, maybe a day or two before the event. So you'll you'll be in your hub in your daily training environment, which more than likely will be in Australia, because it's uh, it's a shorter flight from Australia to Japan than what it is from the, um, Europe into into Tokyo. Yeah, right. And so the time zone is heat. A lot more favourable. A lot less jet lag. We're only two hours difference. It's the same as flying from um, Brizzy to Perth. It's just it's just normal. Yeah, right. So you can literally fly in and be on the ground and not get jet lag and come in. But the uh, the European athletes will be literally reverse, um, and, and it'll it hurts them. They when they come to Sydney and, and meeting um, having mates who started to get to know, they just dreaded coming to Sydney. Like when the Olympics run in Sydney, that would have been awesome for a home Olympics. I experienced as a, as a spectator, but the, all the other guys just so far. And we would do that um, return journey twice a year, every year, because we have to go to Europe for the World Cups, come back, and then go again for World Championships or the Games. Yeah, yeah. To sit on a plane for 24, 35 hours in transit, and that's just normal. So they will go in, they will compete, they'll come home. There'll be no um, opening ceremony, no closing ceremony as they know it, um, no big food halls, um, sort of in and out and then but that can't be the same day they're gonna to have to accommodate them over a number of days or you would think or not mm. i'll have little subsites yeah right um we so we had a we had a subsite when we were competing and it was just um you you, you just you know some people air, you know where you rent a rent a home that you'll fit the team in like the your, your kayak team's not that big um so how did it affect would would training have changed by the time the games got cancelled, or or you're really not tapering into the games by the, by that stage yet anyway? Like what what did the athletes? So that they've 
got to March, probably April, thinking they're heading to the Olympics. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then it was, I think it dawned that the games weren't going to be on. Do they have time off then mm. and come back? Come had, back to had it. a mental break. And for us, I think it's been really, really good because we've got a great team. Yeah. Uh, and a young team, uh, especially in the, in, the, in the men's team. Uh, in the women's team, they've got they've got time to um, still learn their learn their um, I suppose learn the art mm-hmm. and get better. Um, but it also gave you know both the men and women another twelve months to refine it. Um, was there anyone that was that was going to be the pin, that was going to be their signing off, and now they've had to hang around for another well, twelve months? Well, you look at the German men's K fourteen. Uh, I right? haven't. No, to be no fair. but. Undefeated in the uh, in the K four five hundred, so the Olympic men's event went from K four thousand to K four five hundred. Changed the dynamics of the race completely because you've gone from a you know a two minute fifty race to a minute sixteen. Yeah, right. Uh, and they've been undefeated so two thousand seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, really unbeatable. Coming into two thousand and twenty at Tokyo, they're like if you're looking at a short, they're not nothing's a sure thing, but geez, they were. They've set the benchmark for this new profile of a race and, and learned how to race it and done a couple of different race plans and no one can go with them. They've just been on ice now for the last 12 months. So it's the, the games are done and dusted for the time in which they would have done it. Now they've got to get their head around. We're doing it again another 12 months. And they probably would have been at their best because they've got an, they had an older team. Yeah, right. We've got a young team. So those older teams, and there's a few more of them, um, I think, um, Spain has got a mixture, but those two, those sort of two benchmarks just increases our chances. So it's given the Aussies oh, another twelve months. We're of just going to get better. And then will Paris into twenty twenty four? They'll keep that same. Yeah, I'll they'll lead, go back. Let you believe so. Yeah. A really quick turnaround. So if this is your first games, and um, for our athletes, they don't turn around in three years' time. Mm. Instead of four years, just go again. Um, so. Yeah, it'll go ahead. Um, it'll be different from what other um, athletes have known if they've gone to one beforehand. And then Paris, well, who knows where um, the environment we're in. That that could be the, our new normal, yeah. where it's fly in, fly out, um, race and, you know, get out. Jeez, let's, let's hope it's we're back to normal in about four years' time. Uh, 2016, double ski champ at Aussies. So you've, you've obviously, you're still in pretty good nick and you look like you could just jump straight in the ski and, and have a crack. Well, I got a pretty good mate and um, after... Was that your first Aussie gold? Nah, it was my third actually. <laughs> won, uh, won a couple earlier on. Yep. But that was my most favourite. Uh, the, the first two, were they with bags? Yep. 2001, 2005. They they don't appear in the uh, in the results list. They're there. <laughs> They're there. His Olympic ones are still there in the worlds. Um, you're looking for a bite. You're not going to get one. no. <laughs> um, no, no. It was because I got the. I, I, so they are still there. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've got three Aussie golds. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't know. I haven't. You know what? I haven't googled it. I wouldn't know. I had a look today. Have you for David Rhodes? Okay. In the Aussies. Well, maybe they changed the Aussies results list, and I could be wrong. But I could only find you with there. Well, you might well, there with Bear Rogers. They're there. Well, I, I know we raced it and we won it, but if they've taken away, I don't know. But um, how does that? Sit? You're obviously good mates with a guy. You said he was the guy. He got you into the into the paddling. Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He um. How does that sit with you though? That 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 obviously helped the now. You know. Oh, the, you know what? We went our separate ways in about 2006. Yep. Um, it was just it was just we saw life differently. Yeah. 
um, I just, I was, I, you know, he had held my hand and given me all the time in the world to um, help me uh, get better as a paddler. Had a lot of belief in me. Um, and that took a long time for me to, uh, I suppose, understand why someone had backed me early on. But we, we, you know what, everyone grows up and we just got to a point in life that we just saw it differently. Yeah. And, you know, before, I suppose, everything behind, everything we see now, we'd had our differences uh, and moved on uh, earlier. Yeah. And it was just, that's that was life. Um, and, you know, life, as I say, life doesn't stand still, it still rocks by. Um, and so we'd sort of gone our separate ways. But then I, uh, when when I finished, so you asked about Beijing, I just wasn't good enough. I, yep. if, if you don't win in your, uh, your domestic competition and, and earn the right to represent your country, you don't go. And I put all my eggs in uh, the K1 and uh, I just, that's what I wanted to do and I didn't win. And then um, I come home and I was like, I've got to go get another job again, um, earn some money and sort of still a little bit of sport, but not really, stayed a little bit fit. Um, Bear and I would paddle, but I'd be half assed because it was like, oh, it's not the Olympics. I don't care. <laughs> what a, what an attitude. Yeah. Out of this, whoever's listening, if my kids are listening, that's not the attitude. It's like have a crack and do your best. Trying to get out of that precious little athlete um, syndrome. Yeah. And then um, I told you I'd be honest. I'm loving this, mate. We 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 we're going good. This is great chat. Um, but yeah, with so Bear and I, we would we'd rock up to Aussies and we should paddle well. On paper, we'd be out dead set in the first round or second round, and it's like, wow! I, I just have to apologise to him. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, you just so, so which club you you weren't always at North Burley when we moved up from Byron. I joined Northcliffe with Nathan, and then um, I lived in a house with Bear, um, Kane. Yep. Um, and then the other one, depending on who was moving in and moving out, was Wally, Mark Williams, yep. um, Johnny Locke, uh, another guy called uh, Jezza, who's who's our CFO at the moment. Um, we had my boy, Jeremy Mulcahy. Yeah, I know Jesse. Yeah, you know I mean? And so, and then Kasha. Um, so we had a, a big party house, but they were all North Burley. And yes. I was the lone, and it was just when I stopped paddling, I didn't have to be up there anymore. It was always kayaks. So then we, um, I just ended up joining North Burley because it was it was right around the corner from home. It was where yeah. my mates were. And I wasn't competing anymore. So it was like, I just want to hang out with my mates. I just, I just generally enjoy their company. Shout out um, to the North Burley Nippers that uh, smoked the uh, Gold Coast titles on the weekend. Oh, they're going all right. Great, great group of kids. They've got some good good mentors, including yourself and all the guys that, um, yeah, they're on fire there at the moment. Big lots. I, I think you'll see some future. You talk about that Byron Bay cluster. I think you'll see oh, some kids do well. We're, we're, we're pretty fortunate. I, I don't reckon you're – so this is reflection. You don't. I don't think you appreciate it at the time because it's just that's the, the moment in time you're going through. But all the um, all the all the all the parents, whether they're uh, an age manager or a coach or not, all went. We all cross paths in some sort of uh, in 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 industry or sport. Yeah, and then we've all got kids coming through from under fourteens to under sixes, and all the parents are involved. And it's just like that's not normal because they you all want to put in and give back to. Uh, I suppose a common goal of letting kids experience something and get the most out of it. I don't know what it is. I, I was hopeless at surf lifesaving. Uh, you know, was never a swimmer. 
I was a beachy uh, and a mediocre beachy that's at the, that. That's the problem straight up. <laughs> I was a mediocre beachy. But there was something about the surf club that I love and then I, I love, you know, that the kids are involved in it. It's, I don't know. I'm still mates with the people that were in my nippers and, and now it, I re, it's really good at the club. Now you talk about all those guys, they've all come back with their kids. And, you know, it's, it's, I think the, the, what, what I struggle with sometimes is get, how do they get surf lifesaving back to when Trevor Hendy was on the front of a cereal box? Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know if we will. But we, we, got, we could diverse. I want to ask you a question. I could, be, I could be talking out of school here, but a little birdie told Fire me something away. the other day that you'd give up your Olympic, you'd, you'd trade your Olympic experience for another gold medal with, with Brad Rogers. Oh, he dumped me. What? He, he, he sacked me. I, um, I had a year off. Um, so, no, nah, bugger him. Um, the two, if you measure them both, I, I, I say, if someone asked me this question, which one's more valuable, well, which one means more to you? Yeah. Um, they're both really, really special. Yeah. Holy shit, it was a lot of fun paddling with him because we were, it was like, you got the best ever, which was the games, and you can't replicate that. But to replicate winning with your best mate um, and you tried so many other times and just worked uh, it was a lot of fun Aussie titles in life saving is, is the pinnacle I know it's not as big as the Olympics but it, it's oh. you can get a world title in, in surf life saving but there's a lot of guys probably that have I have the Aussie I title I haven't got a world title but I reckon I trade one for an Aussie title as in you'd rather the world title? No, I'd rather the Aussie title. Yeah, at Aussies, yeah. I don't know, but I haven't won one, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, righto. I want to, I wanna, before we wrap it up, I want to ask you, you've done a bit of travelling. You've, so you've, 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 you're a bit of an adventurer nowadays. Yeah, yeah we, I love getting outside, yep. love watching the um, sunrise and love watching the sunset in the outback, generally with a beer. Got a van? Had a van. Had a van. Had a van. What kind? Because um, you had the kids, so I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm daydreaming. I, yeah, yeah. I've not. I'm, we're nowhere near close to it, but I'd love to just pack it all. Yeah, up yeah. We off. had a uh, majestic, majestic night caravan. Yeah, right. Um, Is that bunks? Nice. Three bunks for the kids. Yep. Yep. Triple bunker. Yeah, right. Um, took us to some pretty good, bloody good spots. Yeah, right. Um, I think. I think. Um, we didn't talk about it earlier, but. Did you want to know the good spots or the bad spots? Give us give oh, uh, the next three questions. Yeah, I've got three questions that I'll finish with. Right? Fire away. You 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 might answer it in here. F- favorite place in the world for a beer? Mm. All depends what mood I'm in. Yeah. I'd say a, oh, a lot of memories come back to the beach hotel at Byron Bay. You're the second person that's answered that question. AJ. Adam Jeffrey was the, okay. was the uh, also said beach hotel, but it, for a consistent, my favourite time to have a beer is sitting down the back of the where we are now, sitting down with Kasha and having a beer. Yeah, right. So it doesn't matter where I am as long as she's around, and we'll just watch oh, the that's, sunset. That's a bit sweet. You're going for brownie points. No, no, because the ones that do know me know that that's my consistent answer. I like it. Second one, favourite athlete of all time. So not not. Not the goat. I'm not saying who's the best. Your favourite athlete of all time. Ooh. Pat Rafter. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Lives yeah. lives down in your. He neck. does now. Yeah. I actually never met him, but my sister. He's actually a Queenslander. Yeah, he, Man Isa. My sister and him actually get along pretty well. Um, 
Nah, I just loved his attitude. You're like, you just you want to talk about it's uh, the epitome of Aussie sport. Yep, won the U.S. Open. Um, comment was, I don't know if it was word for word, but just want to enjoy it with my mates and have a beer. Yeah. Um, about how hard he worked because he wasn't the most. I don't think he was the most talented in the world, but his work ethic was second to none. It's like I just I just believe in what I do and I have a crack. All attitude. Attitude. Last question. You can have four people over for a beer Ooh. and a barbecue. Who's from history? From history. Alive or dead? Who's coming and what are you cooking? Mm. Who's coming? From history. You, throw, you put you on the spot. Sorry, I meant, usually I clue everyone up. No, no, no mate, I'm flying blind with this question. I'm just going, you know, off the cuff. Shane Warner be one. Yeah. Pat Raft would be the other one. It's going to be, uh, it'll be, it'll be topical, or I don't know if it's the right answer, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to know about um, Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And um, the third one, the fourth one, I'm not sure, but there's three. Yeah, right, eh? I, I might come, I might come just to sit on the wall, that'll be. Fly on the wall. What would I? What would I cook? Uh, it'd be a Barbie. Yeah. Well, on that note, what what we we were drinking tonight? We were drinking the Byron Bay Brewery Hazy Lager. It's four point four percent. Rosie's getting an Uber home. Uh, One point two standard drinks. All right. What do you think? And I like them. I haven't um, I haven't had them before, and I'm always up for trying something new. Um, so, Hazy the, Lager with light good. fruity hops. And malt notes. Well, folks, you know where to find us. Please like, comment, share. You do social media? I'm terrible at it. No. Anyway, Casha will. At Beers and Banter. And uh, I think this is the last one for the year. So uh, we'll see you again. Mate, thanks for having me. I hope it was. Uh, Mate, this in, is. I hope it was informative. This is going viral. En- enjoyable. This is going viral. The broken hand, never spoken before. No, it wasn't a broken any, hand. Any young athlete wanting to know how to get there, this is compulsory learning. All right. Mate, really Thanks, appreciate mate. you coming in. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, oh, I can't forget a uh, set of Gripstar socks for you. Oh. And I've got a Beers and Banner hat there for you. Brilliant. It'll look after my son protection. I'll better give you one for beer too because he never got one. Nah, bugger him. <laughs> Righto. See you, folks. Thank you.